Here's the deal with the recall of Gavin Newsom. We've seen Trump Republicans across the country attacking election results and the right to vote. Now they're coming to grab power in California, abusing the recall process and costing taxpayers millions. Here's how we stop them. Every Californian will get a mail-in ballot for the September 14th election. Vote no to protect California and our democracy. Stop the Republican recall. Welcome to The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Saturday, August the 28th, 2021. On this edition of The Politocrat, March on Washington. 58 years later. Today's March on Washington. A couple of speeches that you must listen to. Plus, what we have to do to effectuate voting rights here in the United States. Coming up next. Welcome back. And I hope Saturday has been treating you well. Thank you very much for listening and lending your ear You are going to be treated today, dear listener, to two of the speeches from today's March on Washington, in case you may have missed them. I think these two speeches are the two most important speeches that were given during the course of the nearly four-hour rally following the march, which brought out, I think, well over 20,000 people in 89, 90, 90-plus degree Fahrenheit temperature heat. I mean, this, this, this is, you know, a really impressive showing today from people considering that heat in Washington, D.C., exactly 58 years after the first March on Washington in 1963, Dr. Martin Luther King, John Lewis and Dorothy Height and a cast of thousands were on the Washington Mall, thousands upon thousands upon thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people on the National Mall, in what was a march for jobs and justice. There are people today who don't remember that or don't know that or who weren't alive at that time. It was a march for jobs and justice. That's what the March on Washington was. And really, it's pretty much the same now. But the one key thing that would be added to those two things would be voting. This is a march for voting. And this march today certainly was about voting rights in addition to the other two things. We must have voting rights in the United States because they are being taken away from us. I mean, it's happening right now. The Republicans in this country are making no bones about it. We've already seen a courageous stand by the Texas House Democrats there um, who left the House in Texas in their state Um, to make a point that they were not going to be party to this takeover by Republicans eviscerating the rights of you and me from voting. And they took a stand for nearly two months on this. And the bill had, believe, has been passed now uh, in the state Senate and in the House down there in Texas. Or if it hasn't, it soon will be. But the courageous stand will not be forgotten. and, And we have to be courageous too, like those House members in Texas are and have been. 
And we can do that with a phone call, which will be the point I'll be making with some phone numbers uh, coming up um, in the course of this particular episode. But the key today was voting rights. And the key today was reemphasizing that we need to get active in making sure that voting rights are restored in this country. The passing of the John Lewis Voting Rights Restoration Act and also the Essential um, for the People Act as well that needs to be passed. Both of these must be passed in the Senate. The House has passed these, by the way. It's the Senate that now has to do it, which means we've got to put maximum pressure on the Senate. Now, here are, without any further ado, uh, well, here is the first of two speeches that I thought were the two most important speeches of the day today. The first one coming from... Sheila Jackson Lee, she is the congresswoman out of Texas in the 18th congressional district in Texas. And I think it would be great to start off with her. Um, I think her speech actually was the best one of the two that I'm going to play because she does some things in this speech that you will hear and hits on some very important points. And I think it's really good to start with her. And uh, here, without any further ado, is the full speech from today's March on Washington by Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee of the 18th Congressional District in the U.S. House in Texas. What a privilege. What a moment. What a time. I'm going to ask you to do something with me that has not been done yet. And I want the world to see that all of us who our descendants of enslaved Africans or people of color have shed our blood for this nation. So if you would, take a little bit of my time to have a moment of silence. For those soldiers who fell in Afghanistan wearing the uniform, so many of our cousins and brothers and sisters and fathers are buried in cemeteries in faraway places and for some reason America does not think that we have shed our blood and so as we have shed our blood let us do a moment I'll take my time to be able to honor them would you please with me would you please I thank you so very much The reason why I did that is because I am tired of being tired. Fannie Lou Hamer said, I'm sick and tired of being tired. I don't want the clock to stop me from finding my justice. I don't want the clock to tell me, just wait a little bit longer. I don't want it to be said, just be patient just a little bit longer. And so I'm here today to reflect upon our ancestors. Uh, Those who were enslaved for 246 years. Most people don't want to be reminded of that time in our history. And in that time of slavery, we suffered the brutality of the whip, separated from our families, longing for freedom. And in that Emancipation Proclamation and in that Juneteenth now federal holiday, somebody said that you were free. With freedom comes privilege and rights. It comes the honest ability to own property. I saw a brother out there and he said, can you just tell them that 
homeless people need rights. And I told him I would say it, it gives us a privilege of not being homeless, not being hungry, not being thirsty, not being without a job. That's what freedom is all about. And yet we come to this time in this moment when people are telling us to wait, continue to be homeless, be evicted, don't have the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, don't worry about voting. You can't have the 51st state in Washington, D.C. They don't need to vote. And I'm telling you that I am ready now, as I have been ready before. I don't know if you are ready, but I am. You see, I've got these shoes on, and I'm not going to stop anymore. I'm not going to wait anymore. I'm going to be able to say all things uh, through, through Christ. But as well, I'm going to say we are blessed with inalienable rights. And those rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. For that reason, we are gathered here today. I thank you, Reverend Al Sharpton. I thank you, Martin Luther King III, and your family. I thank you all for laying the groundwork. Now it's time for us to run without ceasing. We cannot have poll taxes again. We cannot have brutality again. We cannot be counting the jelly beans in the jar again. But right now, we have the most oppressive voting laws in the entire history of America. We cannot be worse than 1965. Maybe you didn't walk across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, but you got to take these shoes and you got to begin to walk. In a couple of weeks, the United States Senate will return. It is my mission and commitment to show them the respect of their position, but I will not rest. I will not wait. My conscience, my courage, I will not. The question is, your conscience and your courage, as I said on the floor of the House, is there courage in this place? Is there courage in the United States Senate? Is there courage in America? Is there now a time when we cannot rest, but we must go forward and determine that it is time now for the Voting Rights Act to be passed? It is time now for H.R. 40, the Commission to Study and Develop Reparations. It is time. It is time for George Floyd. It is time for all that brings dignity to human beings. And so, my brothers and sisters, I am a student of the movement. I'm a card-carrying member. But you know what? The question is, are you just a member of the movement? Are you prepared to drive that movement? Are you a card-carrying member of so many different groups? Are you proud to stand up and say, I'm a member of this, I'm a member of this, I'm a member of the First Baptist Church in, in America? But are you prepared to be a soul-driving fighter for justice? Are you prepared to engage in nonviolence, civil disobedience? Are you prepared to get arrested? Are you prepared to stand up for justice? I got arrested because I believe that voting rights is determining what we are all about. Yes, I'm a legislator. But the question is, do I legislate with courage or do I step backwards? I believe that if you are out here, two or three are gathered. Remember what I said, we can do all things through Christ who empowers us. And no weapons formed against you shall prosper. So what I'm saying to you now is Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee from Texas that has the worst voting rights, voting laws that deprives those Texans are voting in the nation. Texas is the worst vote to worst state to vote in in the entire nation. And so I'm empowered in the spirit of Barbara Jordan and Mickey Leland, who held this seat before me. I'm empowered by their spirit. And I hope that I am driving forward all of you to be able to say that in this book that John Lewis provided in his last days, he offered messages of conscience 
Do you do something because it is consciously right? He offered messages of justice. Do you not step back when justice is being trampled on? He offered messages of dealing with courage. Is there courage here? Is there courage out there? Something is happening in America. Something that we are got to overcome. Something in healthcare, something in COVID-19, something in Delta, something in justice. We must, we must take our shoes and carry on. We must take our shoes and carry on. I don't know about you, but I am going to carry on. Courageous, conscious, never giving up. Carry on, John Lewis. We love you. That was Sheila Jackson Lee, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee of the 18th Congressional District of Texas, the House of Representatives in the United States. She gave, I think, one of the best speeches at today's March on Washington. The march on this occasion, the 58th anniversary of the 1963 March on Washington. That's right, 58 years ago today. And she, Representative Jackson Lee, talked about John Lewis and mentioned that she has a book in her hand and she held up a book. And for those obviously of you, that's all of you who couldn't see that, it was the very book that John Lewis wrote, the last book he wrote before he passed. It's called Carry On. And that is a book that I've spoken about here on this podcast. It is also a book that I have now given away to one listener And I, I again, uh, I'm really proud and pleased to give away that book. It's called Carry On, and it's by John Lewis. And it's, I think the subtitle is A Message for a New Generation. Uh, And really, this is a message not really only for the next generation or new generation, but for all of us, all of us who are here now. We must continue on the fight for voting rights in the United States. Because if we don't do that, we won't have any rights at all in terms of voting. In fact, it's very clear that the Republicans are already doing that in a number of states. But that doesn't mean we just throw up our hands and go, oh, we have to keep fighting. The Senate will not be coming back for another couple of weeks, as you heard Representative Jackson Lee say there. And that means we've got to use these next two or three weeks to be on the phones calling these senators. 202-225-3121 or 202-224-3121. Call up those numbers. Either one of those numbers will get you through to the D.C. Congressional Switchboard. Ask to speak to a senator. There are senators' names you can look up, whether they're Republican senators or Democratic senators. You need to call both. Do not take anything for granted. Obviously, we need to be calling Republican senators, but you need to be calling every senator, starting with your senators in your state, if you are living in the United States. But call any senator, all of them. We've got to make this happen. And we've got to make sure we put pressure on these senators. It's really that simple. You heard uh, Representative Jackson Lee talk about the blood that was shed on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And certainly people who have died, certainly people who have suffered, people who, you know, were killed. 
I don't remember if she said the Evan Pettus Bridge. I know speakers did refer to that. But the point is, is that people died so that we could have voting rights in this country. And now, you know, a lot of black people died and a few white people as well died, laid their lives on the line in the fight for voting rights in this country. And now these Republicans are coming here 50 some odd years later and they're taking them all away. And what are we going to do about it? That's what Representative Jackson Lee is telling us and asking us and commanding us to keep carrying on and marching on and keep doing the work. People have died so that we can have these rights. And we can't just sit here and watch them being taken away from us and go, oh, those Republicans are so horrible. What are we doing is the challenge and is the question. Because then if we're not doing anything, if you are not doing anything, if I am not doing anything, if we are not doing anything, that makes us horrible too. It would be shameful for us to sit back and do nothing and then wake up one day in a few days time or a few weeks time or a few months time or next year and find out, oh, oh, we can't vote. How did that happen? We've got to stay awake and we've got to act. And that's what Sheila Jackson Lee, Representative Jackson Lee, was talking about. I'll be right back. Welcome back. Now, here is the second of the two speeches that I think was the other most significant speech of the day today at the March on Washington. No justice, no justice, no justice, no justice, no justice, no justice. What do we want? What do we want? What do we want? When do we want it? 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 All right. First, let me say thankful to all of you that have come today. Many came for the march. Some waited for this rally. Over 20,000 people came through the streets of Washington with us today. In the sweltering heat, you can judge by the numbers, by the blocks. Some fainted. We had to send some buses back. But you stayed as we make this point. Let me first celebrate the partnership that we've had with the Drum Major Institute and, and March on Martin Luther King III, Andrea King, and Yolanda, my niece, Yolanda King, and the March On family, give them a big hand. Let me say a couple of things, and then we're going to bring out some closing speakers. First and foremost, 21 years ago, Martin Luther King III was president of SCLC. And I was in my eighth year as head of National Action Network. We came to Washington with his mother, Coretta Scott King, the wife, widow, co-pilot of the movement with Dr. King. 
And she would not speak that day. She introduced he and I. And every year we have found our way back in Washington to stand on the state of the dream. We were here last year with George Floyd and had hundreds of thousands. We were not going to do anything this year. But Andrea said we need to do something around voting. And we began organizing. We decided not to go to Lincoln Memorial, but to go where you could see over our heads the Capitol building of the United States. The reason you needed to see that building is because in that building, the senators will decide whether to continue the segregationist legislative strategy of filibuster or whether they're going to give the people of this country the right to vote with no prohibition. That building is the target of our social justice movement, not 58 years ago, but today. The second reason we wanted to come in front of that building is on January 6th, you saw an insurrection against people's right to vote. Today, you saw 20,000 walk through the streets to the Capitol to represent Dr. King's resurrection of the right to vote. The insurrection versus the resurrection. No windows broke, nobody harmed, no disorder. This is how you come to the Capitol. We're supposed to be the radicals, but we were the peacemakers. We were the ones that had no incidents. We were the ones that came to the mall in best behavior. We are the real patriots, showing America how to be at its best. Secondly, we have met Martin and Andre and I with Senator Manchin, with Senator Graham, with the Speaker, with the Majority Leader. Let me tell you something. This filibuster cannot be the excuse not to reissue the Voting Rights Act as the John Lewis Voting Advancement Act. John Lewis's brothers was with us today. We want this act passed and we want them to come with a carve out to make sure that it passes majority vote or you can repeal the filibuster. But either way, we will not sit by and allow you to filibuster our rights to vote. We paid too high a price. People died to give us the right to vote. People spent nights in jail to give us the right to vote. People lost their lives to get us the right to vote. Meg Evans was shot down in his driveway with four children inside to give us the right to vote. There is no filibuster that can stand in the way of a people determined to get their rights. And that's why in the blistering heat, we came to Washington to say, we are not going to let you filibuster away our voter protection.
This is not a law. This is a Senate custom. Well, sitting in the back of the bus was a custom. Making us drink from the colored water fountain was a custom. Making us stand in the gutter while others walked on the curb was a custom. We are the custom breakers. We're the fuller buster busters. President Biden met with some of the civil rights leadership and we reminded him, and I want to say publicly, you said the night you won that black America had your back and that you were going to have black America's back. Well, Mr. President, they're stabbing us in the back in 49 states. They got their knives out, stabbing us in the back. You need to pick up the phone and call Manchin and others and tell them that if they can carve around the filibuster to confirm Supreme Court judges for President Trump, they can carve around the filibuster to bring voting rights for President Biden. It was that carve out that had the Supreme Court vote six to three against the whole moratorium on evictions. It was that carve out that put that Supreme Court where it is. You know how to carve when you want to carve. So we come to Washington to tell you we gonna stay on you until you get your carving knife out again. When we came out the White House that day, we said it would be a summer discontent, and it was, and it still is. But now we're going to call for a fall of action. And believe me, some folks, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee and Congresswoman Beatty and them went to jail, but we may decide to pitch tents here when the Senate come back in. We may decide to pitch a tent and stay right here. All of us, Martin and I, and hundreds of us, the filibuster busters. We might decide to go into civil disobedience in the fall. We are not going to stop until we protect our right to vote. And let me, let me close by this and bring on some people. We all are in mourning, and we are all very sensitive to the loss of life in Afghanistan. Both of Americans who were there, whether we agree with the policy or not, they were there defending us and standing up for us, and those Afghans that helped us. But how bad is it to bring home people that you do rescue, and they got to go through all kind of impediments to vote? How embarrassing is it to bring Afghans here and have to tell them that the people in the capital of the United States doesn't have the right to a federal vote that will matter in the Congress. You cannot bring people to America and not deal with the shame of what you've done to the voting policies right here in Washington, D.C. 
We want democracy in cabal, but we want democracy in Washington, D.C. So let's talk out of one side of our mouths and let's act like we got good sense. Let me say this in closing my statement. I heard Martin tell a story about his father and his father saying we had to go down south and get Lyndon Johnson some power. But I thought of another story Martin told me that I've used the last couple of weeks. Martin told me that there was this class that was an English class. And there was this young student that was an expert student, honor student. And they got to the end of the semester and the teacher said, I have one more assignment. I want everybody to write an essay of their pet at home. The honor student kind of shrugged his shoulders. That was easy for him. They went home over the weekend. He sat down and worked out his prose and his poetry. They came in Monday morning, put their papers down on the teacher's desk. She's going to grade them at lunchtime and give them their papers back at the end of the day. At the end of the day, she came out, gave everybody their papers, got to him, gave him his paper. Everybody looked at their grades and was walking out. He was sitting there in shock because for the first time that semester, he got an F on his paper. He never got anything lower than an A minus, but he got an F and he could hardly move. He was so shocked. He finally got up and he walked to the front of the class as the other students had left. And he said, uh, can I speak to you a minute, teacher? She said, sure. He said, I, I don't understand how you graded my paper. I always got A's. I've been your best student. And I worked all weekend on my essay. I put in the right prose. I used the right poetic references. She said, oh, no, it was well written. He said, and why did you fail me? She looked at him and kind of smiled. She said, the problem you got is not that the paper wasn't well written, not that you didn't have the right prose and poetry. The problem you have is three years ago, I had your brother. And your brother wrote an essay just like this. This time, the young man had to smile and kind of smiled at her. He said, oh, Miss Teacher, you, you got it mistaken. You think I'm a plagiarist. You think that I just copied off my brother. He said, the problem is not that I'm a plagiarist. The problem is that my brother and I had the same dog. And we wrote about the same doggish ways. I come to Washington recounting what Martin just gave the history to tell you that the same doggish ways that they had in the 1860s, the same doggish ways they had in 1924, the same doggish ways they had in 1942, the same doggish ways we had to fight Strom Thurmond and had to fight Talmadge. We in Washington, you may have on a suit and tie, but we fighting the same dogs. We know who you are, cause our older brothers and sisters and our mothers and fathers dealt with you and we gonna deal with you the same way. Up you mighty race, stand up and fight back. 
Don't you get tired. Don't you get weary. We can win. We always won if we kept God on our side. Thank you. The Reverend Al Sharpton there, president of the National Action Network. And that was his speech earlier today at the March on Washington in Washington, D.C. And a very timely speech as well. And I'll be right back with a few more looks at that speech, at least some impressions of it. Um, And really the mission that, again, we have to undertake. deal with the recall of Gavin Newsom. We've seen Trump Republicans across the country attacking election results and the right to vote. Now they're coming to grab power in California, abusing the recall process and costing taxpayers millions. Here's how we stop them. Every Californian will get a mail-in ballot for the September 14th election. Vote no to protect California and our democracy. Stop the Republican recall. Welcome back. Reverend Sharpton just said it, what I, you know, said it really clearly. And what he said was about President Biden. And I've said this before as well on this podcast is that you were on November 7th, Saturday, November 7th at night out there in Delaware talking about how the black community has always had your back and you'll have theirs. Well, so far that hasn't happened. That has not happened. And this is the issue that you need to have our back on, Mr. President. And that's voting rights. And you have not done enough to confront the filibuster issue. You had been a senator for many a year. And you have not, in my view, leaned hard enough on people like Joe Manchin. Now, look, I'm not in the room, so I don't know what you've said to him. But whatever you have said to him hasn't been enough. Because John Lewis did not die for you to do nothing. John Lewis has been in the fight for 60 years on this. And so many other people have died to get voting rights for everyone, particularly for black people. And my goodness me, Mr. President, you have been wanting here. And we are going to keep putting pressure on you. And that's what Reverend Sharpton said. And uh, and I'm glad he did say it because it needs to be said and it needs to be acted upon. And we all must do that. That means you and me, we have to be calling the White House. We have to call the White House. And there's just no other way around it. There really isn't. So that would be my message. I'm going to come back with the phone number for the White House switchboard as well. And let's get dialing. If we really care about these issues and we are not caring about which party's doing what and cheerleading for a party over another, and we are more interested in the whole country and about voting rights for black folk and for everyone, then get dialing to the White House and talk to President Biden. Or at least leave a message for him. I'll be right back. Welcome back. The phone number for the White House, and it's the White House comments line. To leave a message on the White House comments line for President Joe Biden, you need to call this number. 202 456 11 11. That's 
11. Make it very clear to President Biden that you want him to have our back, as he promised that he would back on November the 7th, 2020. You have to make a phone call into him and tell him to fight for voting rights. Tell him to lean on the moderate members of the Democratic Senate and implore him to lean on them and push for voting rights and a passage of the For the People Act and the the John Law, obviously the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, but as well and and as significantly and obviously the the John Lewis Voting Rights and Restoration Act. I mean that has got to be passed. Otherwise, you're going to see a world, a country rather specifically this one, where people are not going to be able to vote at all. Uh, you're going to have large swaths of populations all over the country that will not get a chance to vote at all because Republicans will have tied up any chances of that. And it would become law in all these states. It already is. And Joe Biden has got to be an active participant in restoring this voting rights to all of us. Black folk uh, certainly are being hurt by this. And you've got Native Americans hurt by this. And you've got Asians hurt by this. And Latinos hurt by this. And you've got some poor whites hurt by this. And you've got some college students and university students hurt by this. I mean, this is a critical moment. So you've got to get involved at minimum. At minimum, make a phone call to the White House comments line at 202-456-1111. And also, again, I'm going to give you the phone number for the D.C. congressional switchboard to call senators from the Democratic Party and from the Republican Party. Call your United States senators, including your own, but call all of these senators, please, and you do that by calling 202-225-3121. That's 202-225-3121. You can also call 202-224-3121. Same phone numbers. Uh, two phone numbers get you through to the same place. And make sure you ask to speak to a senator. And make sure you have a senator, a senator's name to give to the operator who will put you through. Whether it is a voicemail that you get, leave a message, or whether it's an aide or a staffer that you get from that particular senator you're calling, make sure you tell that person, convey to that person that they have got to be involved and they've got to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights and Restoration Act and also they've got to pass the For the People Act. These are two very important pieces of legislation that will restore actual voting for people in this country. And we've got to be involved in this fight. This is so important. We have gone backwards since 1965. We've gone backwards, backwards. We've gone from pre-1965. And here we are in 2021. And we are behind where we were in 1965 at this time in that year of 65. Because Lyndon Baines Johnson signed the Voting Rights Act in August of 65, August the 6th to be precise. And now, 58 years later plus, we are now worse off. Thanks to the Supreme Court decision of Shelby County versus Holder, thanks to Citizens United as well has played a role in this too, and another other things. And these laws all over the country, which that voting right, which is what has happened, which has caused voting to be completely, you know, 
taken away from a lot of people. And there is no American dream if you can't vote. I mean, if you believe in an American dream, and if you believe that there is one that exists, you should be involved in this as well, for those of you who think that there's an American dream still. There can't be an American dream if you can't vote. It's as simple as that. You can't have one. You've got to participate in the say of the country. You've got to be able to exercise your franchise. Most people in the country, if they are not involved in that, we don't have any democracy. And again, I've said this many times, I don't think we have one as it is. And it's only existed for a very, very select class of person. And I've talked about it ad infinitum, but you have to get involved in this. I don't care who you are, if you care about the country, and if you care about people in the country, and if you care about living in a country where everybody who is a citizen has the right to vote, you really have got to get involved in this. Again, the Congressional Switchboard, 202-225-3121, or 202-224-3121. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore.